Hi, everyone. Hi. And welcome to another edition of Superman's Other Pals, a podcast where I, Gary Rowland, discuss the Silver Age comic Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen with my daughter. And go ahead. And we read the thing and we talk about the things and see. I'm tired. See, it's not easy. That's like after a while, you're like, I don't know what is it. What do we do? Well, we talk about the things. (sighs) Millennium speak. Yeah. What? This is just kind of just how I talk a lot of the time. Uh huh. If I forget yes. what I'm saying, I just replace it with the thing. The thing and the thing. No, but I actually do that. But I still typically get the point across. Are you a millennial? Are you considered a millennial? You don't know. No. I, I do know. What are you now? No, I'm not. I'm what not. is your... I think Generation Z. God. All right. Well, that doesn't matter. But this is all made up stuff to just try to fit people into boxes. Right. I want to know the people of the willennial. Willennial. So, okay, so... Right around the right around the turn of the twentieth century, mm-hmm. right? There's a. There, are you familiar with the actor Will Smith? Yes, I'm familiar with the actor well, Will Smith. He was really starting to like come into his power right around then, and okay. there was this thing where like he was always have like a big blockbuster movie for like a few years in a row, like right at the Fourth of July. Okay. And you know he was considered a big star, and it was like I said, it was right around that time. So they started. They said um, they called started to calling the Millennium. Because everybody used the term millennium. Yeah. And because his name is Will Smith, it's they started the to call it the Willennium. Oh, God. So, theoretically, the children in, built, built around could be called uh, Willennials. That's weird. <laughs> that would be children born at a certain point in time who really like Will Smith. This also has nothing to do with the comic book. <laughs> no. But that's how this all works, right? I mean, that's... Anyway. Uh, so... We start as we always start. With the cover. The cover. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. It is October 1961. Yep. Comic book still 10 cents. Very prominently displayed. Yep. And uh, so the cover, uh, it is a cover. And there seems to be, in the cover we see, in the forward of the cover, we see a, uh, a, a, a Jimmy Olsen looking person kissing person with glasses. With glasses. So, of course, that means that she's ugly in the 1950s. No. No, that's the way it was. That's the way... There was the... I, did I tell you the don't... The girl, boys don't make passes? There was a term... There was a there was a phrase at the time, boys don't make pa- passes who girls who wear glasses. Oh, which at one point, somebody gave me a birthday card and says, um, girls don't make passes at boys who pass gases. I like that card. I think my brother Kevin gave that to me. <laughs> the thing is, is like the the woman is dressed in like the 1950s, but the man is dressed like he's spaceman, right? Like he's some kind of future spaceman. But in the background, we see a Superman with graying temples holding Lois Lane's hand, and a which is someone who is probably Jimmy Olsen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know for sure because again, it's he has a little less hair, still wearing a bow tie. And he's moved from the green blazer to the purple blazer and is starting to wear a pocket square. Yep. And he's with a woman looking like 
Lucy Lane and uh I would like to point out that while Jimmy and Superman have both aged, Lois and Lucy Lane have not. They have not. They have stayed exactly the same. So uh Jimmy is saying, Lucy dear, it'll be a perfect marriage. My son Jimmy married to Lola Kent, the daughter of my friends Clark and Lois. They should have said Lois and Clark. Wait. What? That's incest. No, it's not. Hold on. Lois, dear, I'm afraid their marriage will be unhappy. Junior will flip when he discovers that Lola inherited my superpowers and that she's secretly supermaid. They're cousins. Yeah. They're not only cousins. That's incest. Well, no. Yes. I don't think... Anyway, they're first cousins. And those are the, um, the not the marrying kind of cousins. So... I just realized how weird that is now. Like, I went through the thing being like, that would never happen. Then I'm looking at it, I'm like, wait, they're cousins. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's so wrong. They're going to be married each other. And, yeah, and they're going to be first cousins. No. Yeah, I didn't recognize that until just now as well. So, no. okay, everybody, this is going to be a gross one. <laughs> so, we're going to start the inside cover. We're going to take a brief respite from the potential ickiness of all of this. Uh. And... <laughs> We're going to go to the inside cover, where... Test your talent. Draw the humans. Once again, we have Art Instruction Incorporated of Minneapolis, Minnesota, which, as we all know, or I don't think we all know, but if you're new to the podcast, you know, it's still there. It is still there. You can go online, you look up the Art Instruction Incorporated, and it's a whole, like, online university. You can still do that. I don't think you have to draw... Pilgrims anymore. So, like, it, in this time, the three people are... There's a jester, a lady, and a pilgrim. Yep. And the, the lady has uh, 50s hair. Yep. Send in the coupons and wins the scholarships. Right. Woo-hoo. Right. Well, they don't tell you in this one how much you can make. But usually, like, I remember other times they were like, you can make, like, $1,000 a week. Or, like, fifteen, like $35,000 a year. Like, they give, like, a little more quantitative but in this case no they didn't they just uh they just tell you uh you could be one and that's cool so art instruction and then maybe you can draw comic books but um i wouldn't recommend it no the thing about comic books while everybody loves them they don't pay well okay so (laughs) that brings us to our first story do you want to read it or shall i uh i'll read the second one Okay, so, first one. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. An imaginary story! So great has been the success of the imaginary series in our magazine Lois Lane, which concerns the imaginary marriage of Superman and Lois Lane, that we are yielding to a flood of requests and present herewith a story about the unexpected results of an imaginary marriage between red-headed newshound Jimmy Olsen and Lucy Lane. Before you get all excited, remember, the story may actually never happen. But then again, it may. If you like laughs, excitement, romance, and surprises galore, then read on and learn all about the son of Jimmy Olsen. I have a question. Sure. Isn't this all fake anyway? Yes. This is an imaginary story. They, I guess... Taking place within an imaginary universe? They started doing this in 
the Superman universe. And now, well, in DC, they started doing this, but now, like, they just, you know, they have the, what is it, the 52? So they have, like, different universes anyway. So they they just sort of extended this whole imaginary story idea out to, an like, an entire universe instead of having to tell a single story and call it imaginary. They're going to, they're, I'm sure, somewhere there is a, uh, there's a universe where Lois Lane did actually marry Clark Kent. And they did have a child. And that child did wind up marrying Jimmy Olsen. So until, so before they got that sophisticated, they had these imaginary stories. And a lot of them were in Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. And they detailed the idea of Lois Lane marrying Superman. Okay. Okay. So in this thing, we see, so there's Superman and behind Superman is Lois Lane. And then there's Jimmy and Jimmy, behind Jimmy is Lucy Lane. And uh, Jimmy and Superman are at odds with each other they're like you know they're 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 they seem to be butting heads and in the background we see a guy looking like jimmy olsen and a woman who kind of looks like supergirl but she has brown hair and she doesn't have the red skirt she is the blue skirt so superman says jimmy how could you let that fool son of yours elope with my daughter since her enemies can't harm supermaid because she's super powerful they'll strike at her through her husband yours non-super son And then Jimmy says, nobody can call me a fool, Superman, not even you. And the Jimmy Olsen in the background says, stop arguing, you two, and listen to Supermaid and me. And Supermaid says, Jimmy Jr. and I love each other. We're married, and that's that. So I guess, you know, in the future, at no point, many people called, named Jimmy, when they get of a certain age, uh, they stop being called Jimmy. Or they call Jim. Or, like, you know, like you don't see a lot of grown men named Timmy. There aren't a lot of grown men named Bobby. Like, they're Bob, or they're Rob, or Robert. And, uh, you know, they're not Timmy, they're Tim, or Thames. (laughs) That was the thing that popped into my head when you said Timmy. (laughs) It was like, Thames? And I was like, no! That's not a thing! (laughs) So... (laughs) Okay, so, um... As as we start our story, uh, we learn that uh, Jimmy Olsen has had a son, and the son is named Jimmy Olsen Jr., very original. I think they should make that illegal. What, naming your kid after yourself? Yes, but there's a lot of fighting you would have to do with that. He's a, he's a pilot. On a spaceship. On a spaceship. And so Jimmy is continuing to live as a cub reporter. I hope he's now a regular reporter. Yeah, I hope. The other thing is, so this is 1961. So even if this were 50 years into the future, it's still earlier than now. So we are living in this super future. Your point being? I don't know. But it's that, you know, once again, it's that thing about how, you know, the projections of what the future was going to look like. I don't even think they did that, because everyone still dresses the same. It's true. Well, you know, it all comes in cycles, except for Jimmy. Jimmy is the only one, Jimmy Jr. is the only one who has decided that he is going to uh, dress. He's a spaceman. Right. And, well, I guess also, like, there is this notion that parents, uh, that grown-ups, like, after, I don't know, like, let's say age 30, especially at the time, they just stop changing their style like like that's the style that they've stuck with and that's the one that's the one they're going with forever and it's it's also weird to see jimmy that like even in old age he's sporting a bow tie yeah 
this isn't, you know, at this point, like, you know, the only people sporting bow ties were, like, super geeky guys and members of the Nation of Islam. Oh, waiters, people in tuxedos, and then members of the Nation of Islam. So it seems that there is a Daily Planet dance, and Jimmy doesn't have a date, and Jimmy suggests, why doesn't, hey, son, why don't you take, uh, why don't you take, uh... Clark's daughter. What's Clark's daughter's Lola. name? Lola. Right. I'm sorry. Lola Lane. Lola Kent. Uh, Lola Kent. Um, Lola Lane Kent. It'll probably be her name. Kent. It says in the thing. Okay. Anyway, so Lola. So and he's like, no, I, no. She's she's a mousy little thing. I mean, look, she wears glasses. That's crazy. She's so, also my cousin, and that would be weird. So uh, Jimmy, of course, orders him to do it, and so Jimmy calls her on the video phone. And invites, invites her to go to the dance. And Lola is over the moon. And she is flying. So it says, moments after Lola hangs up the suburban Kent home, Superman returns from patrolling Metropolis. And uh, he says, what's going on? And Lo Lois says, Jimmy Olsen Jr. has invited Lola to the dance tonight. And she's so happy she's flying joyfully. And she is wearing her costume. Right, she's wearing her costume under her clothes, and right. So she goes on patrol to do a right. thing. Now that she, now the Superman's come home, like Lola has now gone on patrol, and uh, here in the future she is known as Supermaid. I don't know, I guess like Maiden. That is it. No, Supergirl's already taken. Right. Well, you know, at this point, is Supergirl still Supergirl? Like they could call her Supergirl again. I don't know. There was more than there are multiple flashes. I don't know. You know, there's a. Uh, there's multiple black canaries. Yeah, there are all those green goblins. There's all those green lanterns. And all those green lanterns. Well, the, that's because... It, yeah, I know. Anyway. You know, all those people who are Batman. So, but anyway, so I guess not to, not to cause Robin? confusion. There are times when, like, Robin becomes Batman. Yeah, but there's been, like, seven Robins. So it's not to cause confusion. I guess they decide to call her Super Maid. Which is weird. Right. We're just going to let that slide for the moment. Uh, and, you know, then if she's super maid, then why isn't she wearing a maid outfit? I just said, like, probably maid is in, like, maiden, young woman. Oh, I know. But still. All right. She could, it could enforce her brand that she, that she dresses as a maid and has, like, an atomic duster. So, but somehow I feel as though we have gotten off track. So basically Clark, a mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan soup for a major metropolitan newspaper who is actually Superman with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, basically tells her, "You know, he probably just did that because his dad told him to." Right, he better have because they can't fall in love because if they fall in love, like it's going to be terrible. Not only because they're first cousins. Right. No, no, they just didn't bring that up at all. He says, you know, that basically that people could find out if anybody ever finds out, you know, much in the same way that if anybody ever finds out that Clark Kent, mild mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper who is actually Superman with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men is actually, you know, is married to Lois. They can then get to Lois to then get to Superman. Yeah. But now, Supermaid goes on patrol. And on patrol... She contains a nuclear explosion. Right. She contains a nuclear explosion in her in her cape. Which is a cool idea. Right. Except, you know, once it lets out all the gas, certainly that would be radioactive gas and would probably kill everyone. Yeah. So, then they all go to the, uh, to the dance. Woohoo! And Jimmy is being a total jerk. Yeah. Jimmy Jr., let's call him JJ. No. 
Jimmy Jr. is being a total jerk and just, like, ignoring her. And so at some point, Jimmy Sr. is like, all right, you're going to dance with her and stop just goofing off with your friends. He's like, but, Dad. And he's like, no buts. She's the person you to the dance. Right. The least you can do is dance with her. So J- Jimmy Jr. then, like, finds out that, you know, Lola's not so bad. She's actually kind of nice. I mean, she's no super maid because we find out also that Jimmy, Jimmy Jr. has a total crush. crush. On Supermaid, much in the same way, but not really, that Jimmy kind of has a crush on Supergirl. Yeah. But the idea that they are first cousins never comes up. So Jimmy starts to go out with uh, Lola. Ew. And so they start dating. Ew. And... I'm just going to say ew. That's fine. you mention their relationship, because they're first cousins and this should not be happening. Lola says, you know, stop talking about Supermaid. I'm right here. That, that is fair, but still ew. And then she, you know, she kisses him. Ew. And then they fall in love. Ew. And um, eventually, and so she asks her, Jimmy asks him to marry her. And uh, Jimmy asks Clark Kent to right. marry Lola. Now, Ew. this is also during a time that, are, are you familiar with the idea of asking the permission? Of the father. Of the, the father for the girl. Yes. So Jimmy Jimmy Jr. then goes to Clark and says, "Hey, I want to marry her." And uh, Clark said, "No, I can't. I can't. I can't." And it's not because you're first cousins, which should be the primary reason. Right. So he's like, "You can't. You can't do this because, like, I guess he's always he's been paralyzed that he's going that Lois is gonna be harmed in some way." So. But that didn't stop him from marrying. Nope. Her. So. But they're also not first cousins. Jimmy, it's very true. <laughs> So uh, Jimmy then picks up Lola and they start talking and Jimmy wants to elope. Oh, but before all of this happens, Superman explained why Lola can't marry Jimmy and the fact that they're related does not come up. Right. No, no, no. We're going to just not, I mean, that, yeah, that, that is never addressed at any point in time in this story at all. That, um, that basically, yeah, this has not been addressed at no point in time. Does anybody ever say, hey... You guys are first cousins. It's kind of gross. I'm going to continue to say it. That's fine. Don't expect me to not say it. Totally. I totally get it. It should be brought up. Certainly it wasn't brought up at this time. I'm curious to see that in the next couple of in the next couple of months, is there going to be a letter to the editor in Jimmy's pen pal saying, Hey, they're they're first cousins. That's super gross. Uh So Jimmy's talking with Lola in his car. So they're driving by this weather tower. And the guy, there's a new guy who pulls the wrong lever, which makes... knocks over the weather tower. Right. And starts... They shouldn't have a lever that's going to make the weather tower. No. It's like the bad guys. It's like the bad guys always putting in those self-destruct buttons. Looking at you, Dr. Right. So it's going to crash them and is about to kill both Jimmy Jr. and Lola. But Lola... Like, all right, we're going to die. Screw it. So she winds up using her superpower and basically reveals that she is, in fact, super made to Jimmy. To Jimmy. And Jimmy then says, you're super made, whom I've always admired. No. <laughs> Freaking. Duh. So. Um, you wouldn't stop talking about her when you were dating Lola, who you didn't know was her at the time. Right. So. So. But he's like, I can't. I can't. And she's like, that's why I can't marry you. I can't marry you. She's like, I won't tell anybody. She's like, I I can't. I just can't. 
So then, Jimmy Jr., he goes for an advanced course in super science at Interplanetary College. And then goes and finds a species of Laramis Parne herb. Yeah, some kind of space plant. So Lola leaves a note saying that basically she's eloping with Jimmy. And they locate... So Superman, of course, being Superman and having superpowers, is able to locate them. And then when he locates them, Jimmy Jr. uh, shows that, hey, you know what? I've got superpowers now. He's like, I found this new herb and it's given me superpowers. Hey, why don't you drink some too, Lois? So Lois now drinks it and now she can fly and she's invulnerable. So basically they both have superpowers. superpowers. And uh, he's like, so then they announce the wedding and Superman says, I have been in hiding for years now. As Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, is in fact Superman with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. And everybody's like, oh man, what a story. And then Luther. And then it becomes big news all over the world. And we see a guy in a British outfit in front of Big Ben says, Clark Kent, Superman by Jove. That is incredible. And then a French guy saying, Lois Lane, Lola Lane, Super Mademoiselle, Saint Magnifique. And then an East Asian gentleman, I will say he's Japanese, saying characters, characters, which I don't think are Japanese at all. So everyone's freaking out. So everything's great. But then one day, Jimmy Jr. Receives a trunk. And then this gas comes out and starts to affect everybody. And Louis and both Jimmy Jr. and Lois lose their powers. And he's, uh, it turns out to be a horrible, like it's a trap set by Luther. Yes. And there's all a terrible, but luckily they are able to end it. And they said, hmm, maybe it's a good thing after all that there is only an imaginary story, which may never happen because the tale's ending leaves Superman, Supermaid, Lois, and Jimmy Jr. in a very tough spot. What about Jimmy? But the next imaginary well, story. cliffhanger is. Right. I guess. I don't. Yes, this is a cliffhanger ending. I think maybe I feel probably continue. All right, so Tootsie Roll makes history. Nero fiddled while Rome burned. He sang as he played on his lyre. Between you and me, he was playing a hymn to the Tootsie Roll served from the fire. So uh, it says here, not only did Nero burn Rome down and play his harp, but also uh, he was... uh, He saved the Tootsie Rolls. Right. That didn't exist yet. Right. Well, you know, it was an advanced civilization. They could have had it. So then we have Peg, who... Oh, this is the same one they used last time. Yeah, it's... They, they I, switched her hair color. That's literally it. I think her dress color as well. Yeah. Uh, and I guess they really want women to go out and chew gum. chew gum to keep boys away, which, as we all know, works so well. Yeah. And by works, I mean doesn't work. At all. All right, so then Palisades Park, two rides, uh, one free ride for the Caterpillar, one for the Cuddle Up, and it's 65 cents. Then uh, adds for more annuals. Yay, annuals! The Giant Superman Annual and the Giant Secret Origins Annual. Still no Joker Origin. Nope. I'm going to keep being sad about that. And I know it's never come, but I Nope. Don't I think it is coming at some point. I mean, they must have. They had it. It exists. Jo- Joker Joker Origin does exist. It Yes, it exists. I mean, there's that whole thing that he fell into a pit of acid. But, but not at this point in time. Right. Okay, so then that brings us to our next story. You said you wanted to read this one? Yeah. Okay. 
Of course. <coughs> Hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We are being prepared for... Prepare to hear the voice of Ella Plum as she reads the beginning of the second story of issue number 56, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. That is right after the imaginary story in which Lois Lane and Luce, Luce Lane, Lucy Lane and Jimmy are actually married. After, just before, another one, and after a page of the Giant Superman annual, we'll see L. Plum Rowland reading any moment now. Everyone wants to be liked. No one in their right mind enjoys feeling unwanted. Is one of those... Oh, um, young Daily Planet news hawk Jimmy Olsen is one of those happy-go-lucky fellows everyone likes to have around them. Until the dismaying, incredible day when he becomes the Jinx of Metropolis. So... We have Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen in the first panel. We see Lois Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper, who is in fact Superman with power and ability. Those be are far beyond those of mortal men. When did you add that bit? Uh, recently, I guess. Okay. So then, and Perry White, and so uh, and Lois. Lo- well, so let's say so. Lois. Uh, has a broken typewriter in front of her saying, goodness, Jimmy, what's happening when you've passed my typewriter? It broke. And then Clark, whose glasses have broken, says, now that you're near me, my glasses fell apart. And of course, no one around him at any point in time does say, you know, Clark, hmm. You look, you look exactly like Superman. And Perry White saying, and my wristwatch is mysteriously smashing. Clear out of here, you, you jinx. And then Jimmy goes, choke. There's a saying, well, what they're saying is true. I'm a human jinx. Oh, dear. Well, he does not say, oh, dear. No, I'm saying, oh, dear. So the story starts. Go, please. So it's not as though Jimmy is a terribly lucky person anyways. Well, yeah, but... Like, enough weird and bad and life-endangering stuff has happened to him and the people around him because of him that, like... Nobody should be hanging around him in the first place? Well, that, but also, like, they shouldn't be all that surprised when stuff starts going wrong around him. Yeah. It should just kind of be, like, a given. Oh, it's... Stuff's falling apart when Jimmy walks by. Must be Tuesday. It's true. Yes, but... We don't, it doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem to bother him that much. Or, or they've been able to put up with it until now. So, okay, so the story starts, Perry White sends Jimmy Olsen to Smallville, to Smallville which is, as we all know, the yeah, place where Smallville. Superman grew up. And so at there, there's a monument or there's the actual like ship that Superman came in as right. Superman. So he's uh, he he goes to take a picture of it. He steadies a tripod, and the uh, one of the legs of the tripod uncovers this strange trinket studded with jewels and a big reversible gem in the center. Eh, it's probably worthless. Um, <laughs> but put it in my pocket sir, as an interesting curio. Sir. Yes. Sparklies typically well, denote worth, especially when just found on the ground near a Superman monument. Well, it's also just like everything I find in the ground. It comes from the ground, so it must be useless. Diamonds. Right. And, and you know, obviously this is a made thing. Emeralds. This could be, obviously this trinket is like, it's basically like he's found like a Star Wars figure buried in the ground or something like that. Except it's sparkly and we don't know what it's made of right you know in the yard where you know when we lived in atlanta we I, found a, a yoda figure i don't 
buried in the backyard. Well, but I'm sure we did find a Yoda figure buried in the backyard. You didn't find it. I found it when we okay. tilled the back. I'm sure you found so, a Yoda figure buried in the backyard but, when I was a tiny, tiny child. So him figuring that it is much like this Yoda figure, <laughs> it is worthless. So he should just put it in his pocket and forget about it. Did you put the Yoda figure in your pocket and forget about it? I'm sure I threw it out at some point. But, you know, of course, nobody ever digs anything out of the ground of any value. So uh, he's like, all right, I'm going to go. So I'm going to get into the flying newsroom, which apparently is a different color now. Woo! One day get the paint job. Uh, so he's flying away. And as he's flying, there's this water tower that just suddenly collapses. My God. And... <laughs> Suddenly, so it totally collapses, and Superman runs to rescue it. Well, flies. Flies to rescue it. And he's like, oh. Hey, Jimmy. What you doing? Jimmy's like, I'm flying. So, See you later. So he lands the flying, and he's like walking towards the planet building in Metropolis, because I guess... They took the helicopter... Pat, they they took the helipad off of the... Off of the top of the building? I don't know. I guess to make way for that giant globe? Maybe. So as he's walking, he's walked by this pa- this signpost for a bus stop and the... It just falls apart. Right, just falls and almost falls on him. And they're like, hey, man, that lamppost fell apart for no reason. And he's like, this is the second unexplained accident I've seen today. So then he goes into the... Uh, Daily Planet Newsroom. Right. Walks by Lois's typewriter. Typewriter completely collapses. And then Jimmy's like, no, not again. And Lois is like, what do you mean again? And he's like, it happened twice today. And then Clark comes in and he's like, what's happening? And then his glasses fall apart. Right. And then they're Once like, again. Clark, you look exactly like Superman. Except they are not right. saying that. Right. They're saying, oh, Clark, your glasses. Right. Because he says, odd, the stem hinges have crumbled. Fortunately, the lenses didn't break. Because as we all know, do you know? that They're indestructible. Right, because they're made from the glass of the cockpit of the, of the, of the, Kryptonian uh, ship. Yep. You know, but the apparent, but it says that the the hinges and the seams were made from earth metal. So either way, Perry walks in and he's like, "What's all the commotion?" And then his watch breaks and he's like, "Jimmy, you're a jinx. Get out of here." So and so Jimmy, in true Jimmy Olsen fashion, decides, "I'm gonna become a hermit." Exactly. I'm gonna turn my back on society and I'm going to go high into the mountains where. I can do no one any more harm anymore. So, Jimmy has basically two states of panic. One of which is, let's find the nearest thing to blame and or fix, or I'm gonna run away. Right. So, he then walks by the zoo. Why not? Let's not do that. And then as he walks by a zoo, one of the... The lion cage. The lion cage crumbles. And then he hops on top of a fence, and the fence crumbles. And then he throws the lion the stake. From a nearby conveniently placed um, fresh meat truck. Right, so then they capture the lion and then... Jimmy is held at gunpoint by a crook person with a blue jacket and a red hat. Right, and a gun. And he's like, I'm going to trick this super... I'm going to trick this guy. So he's like, here, take my watch. He's like, there's money folded inside. So then he presses the button, calls Superman, and Superman, of course, rescues him. And he's like, man, what's, like, man, what, what, where did you, and then so basically what you find out, he sees the uh, meaningless, worthless trinket 
that uh, Jimmy Olsen found. And what, what you have learned is that this trinket was actually part of the spaceship that took Superman, Kal-El, baby Kal-El to Earth. And that be, it, this thing destroys iron. I mean, the iron and the meteors, so like it basically kept... That's pretty smart. That's actually like... That's smart. That makes sense. Unless it's not made of iron. Not every... Uh, not every... I know, but it's still getting a decent amount of the meteors. Well, yeah, that's true. So he then... But then it, it, he not, it must have fallen off. And uh, it says it destroys iron. However, yes, that was what I was about to say, is contained within steel is iron. So if somebody pulled out a, I don't know, steel gun. a steel gun, and you know, last time I checked, eyeglasses frames were never made out of iron, nor were the screws. They were all some manner of steel. So, oh, no. um, this isn't real science. No, but Superman you know is like, this isn't real science. What? Superman's friendship with JFK for no apparent reason. So he's like, all right, I got to do something about this. And so, so as as he would do, as you would do when you have developed this, when you have picked up this device that destroys all iron. And he's like, this is super dangerous. If it falls into the wrong hands, I am going to give this, I'm going to keep this safe. So what do we do? We give it to the government. Right. No. So he gives it to JFK. Not give the government the the iron destroying device. And then it says this device can be a great secret weapon against battleships or tanks, Mr. President. Please accept. Thank you for the inval- for the valuable contribution to national security, Superman. And then they destroy all of the other armies of the world and they take over and install a an authoritarian dictatorship. I mean, no, that's not what happened, but yes, that is what would happen. Yes. Um, however, I have a question. Go ahead. So he said it needs to be kept safe. You know what a safe place is? For, 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 fortress of Solitude? Yes. I, I'm you guessing... You know what not a safe place is? Uh, the White House? Yeah. I'm guessing that maybe it's because uh, Kurt, Swan, Kurt Swan was uh, learning how to draw JFK. That's not a good drawing of JFK. No, well, that's it was an early drawing, so it was great. They get the hair right, and that's basically it. Yeah, I, yeah. Why he doesn't put this with all the other things in the Fortress of Solitude? Or just give it to Jimmy and turn it off. You know, it's just basically. But no, in this case, I have to give it to JFK. All right. So then we have Tootsie Roll commercial for Tootsie Roll Fudge every time, and he says, "I'm a fudge judge." <laughs> And I bring in a verdict for Tootsie Roll Fudge every time. What? You know, Fudge Judge was my... What? No, it wasn't. Fudge Judge was my nickname in college. No, it wasn't. Totally was. <laughs> I'm the Fudge Judge. You're so weird. I'm a Fudge Judge. You're so weird. I like to judge Fudge. <laughs> Why do you find uh, that so weird? I don't know. Sorry, I'm the, it tickles me. Um, okay, then we have Jimmy Olsen's pen pals. Oh, God. Uh, fudge judge. All right, so, you know, somebody brings up the idea of, hey, why is it that whenever we see Jimmy Olsen on the Superman TV show, he's never shown wearing his uh, signal watch? They don't say, hey, that's because the TV show isn't canon. <laughs> it's not I canonical. Mean, you it's, would hope that the TV show should be I don't think Lois, I don't think Lex Luthor ever really showed up in the George Reeves to, to, in the... I know, but I would kind of hope that if you're, I would hope that all of the 
canon is a good thing to have, like, an official thingamajig. Right. But somebody does actually catch them in a thing, and they say that, you know, with the Elastic Lad wrestling match, when Ugly Superman drinks the, the Elastic Serum, he drinks, he stretches, and his clothes stretch. And they're like, hey, 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 caught ya. Caught ya. And he, that, they have to say, yes, basically you, you caught me. And then they have this. How about a story someday where Jimmy Olsen becomes Elastic Lad again and is observed by the Legion of Superheroes, who okay. then want him to join their club. Okay, so this is an actual storyline. Eventually, yeah. It actually happens. Yeah. So this was either planted, or it was actually this kid's idea. Yep, and you know. And if it was actually if it was the kid's kid... idea, that's going to be really great, but also really sucky, because you could say like, hey, I came up with that, and no one would believe you. Congratulations, Oliver Oramus from East Orange, New Jersey. Oh, so now uh, this one person has decided to branch out from uh, stamps to go, hey, hey, we've made all this money from all these stamps. Coins. Let's do coins. Where you can get fake Confederate currency, colonial revolutionary and Confederate currency. Wait, Let's... the Confederates came up with their own currency? Oh, yeah. What was it? Was it just dollars, but it looked different? It was, they came up with their own, yeah, Confederate bills, like Confederate dollars, yeah. And yeah, it was one of those things where like, it, was, it was, of course, useless and worthless. Because they lost. Right, because, you know, yeah, they lost and everything. So, and they also give you this thing. Now, I remember having these as a child. Basically, they give you a, a folder where you're supposed to keep, like, uh, 59 pennies from different, from different years. And the idea is that you're supposed you to... Could... just get rid of those? Yes, yes, I did. That basically, you're, you keep this, you fill it up with all these pennies... And then that is all worth all kinds of money. It says here up to $59. But the thing is, is that you also have to make sure that they are uncirculated grade pennies. It's like the, it's basically like mint condition pennies. That's a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like conditions, much like in comic books, like the condition of the comic book gives you how much it costs or how much it's, how much you spend on it. Pennies are the same, but coins are the same way. And there's something called uncirculated, which is basically means that it never actually made it into the big pool of money circulated around. Okay. Then we have uh, Moolah the Mystic. And he then runs into a guy who's sitting down underneath a tree. And he's like, pardon me, sir, sire, but I see something unfortunate happening to you. You will have a run-in with the law. He's like, how do you know? From that sign over there that says keep off the grass. And in the far distance, we see a police officer coming. All right, then, uh, coming super attractions. In Superman comics, the super mischief of Mr. Mix's Piddalick. Yay! And then Superman battles the 20th century's Achilles. Yay! And then in action comics, we have Brainiac's Super Revenge, where he turns everybody small. Woo! Supergirl teams up with Luthor, also in action comics, and then in adventure comics... Wait, what? Supergirl teams up with Luther? I don't know. So in Adventure Comics, and now the wackiest team of heroes ever presented, Superman and Stuperwoman. You can meet these simpletons of steel on the zany square planet everyone is talking about in Tales of the Bizarro World. Oh, Bizarro! And then, also in the September issue, Superboy fights the Knave from Krypton. Bizarro! It is Bizarro. All right, so that then brings us to our last story. I like Bizarro. We all do. I do as well. You don't, you will never see me not, not liking Bizarro. Okay, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. Can we believe our eyes? Has Jimmy Olsen, whose love for Lucy Lane used to be as constant as the ocean tides, 
had a change of heart? Is it possible that he no longer cares for Lois Lane's sister, even when she crawls on her knees begging for his love? How did Jimmy, the suave man of the world who could turn his back on Lucy's pleas for affection? Read the amazing story in Jimmy Olsen's Sweethearts. And we see Lucy Lane on her knees about... Tugging on the lapels of... Is that a smoking? So, yeah, it looks like he's wearing a smoking jacket. Which is weird, because he doesn't smoke. Right. But it is the universal... Wearing a smoking jacket is the universal outlet of being a Playboy, because that's what Hugh Hefner wore, the editor-in-chief okay. of Playboy. Okay. All right, so Lucy then says, Please, Jimmy, I beg you, give me another chance. Don't send me out of your life. I'm mad about you. And Jimmy's saying, Sorry, Lucy, but you were mean to me. I get lost. I've got lots of other girls. So Lois and Jimmy are in Hollywood, and they are... They're going to cover the premiere of a movie, and Jimmy was like, Hey, Lois, could you do me a favor and cover this without me? Your sister's in town, and she promised she'd go to this dance with me tonight. And she and Lois is like, Sure, but I don't see why you're still chasing after her. She literally has no interest in you. And then you find out that Lucy, once again, has just completely... She met a tycoon on the plane. Right. Has just completely, like, forgotten about and blown off Jimmy. So I have a question. Sure. How many rich, somewhat, like, somewhat good-looking and, like, mustache tycoons are on these planes? A lot, apparently. Well, you know, the rich people are the people who can fly. Yeah, but like... And many of them have mustaches. Yeah, but like... She has to be actively attempting to avoid Jimmy. It... it, it yeah. I mean, she's... She's a terrible person. <laughs> I mean, she really is. She is a super terrible, manipulative person who just does things... Because she can. Because she can. And Jimmy has no self-esteem, and just takes it. Yep. So Jimmy's like... But you had a date with me. Right. And she's like, well, she's like, now I don't. Buzz so off. See ya. We have a dinner engagement at El Messi... Me- I think it's probably pronounced Mexico. M-E-X-I-C-H-O. I know that it's really Mexico, but... I bet it's called Mexico. That would be my guess, is that it's pronounced that way. Because my teeth are full. Correct. And Jimmy's like, man, this sucks. I mean, he's not wrong. No, and he's like, I bet if I dated other girls, you'd be sorry. And And she's she's like, like, whatever. Good luck finding other girls, loser. Whatever. So then the doorman, who has been witness to all of this, uh, and he says... It's none of my business, bud, but if I were you... Because this is the way all doormen sound. I'd I'd show that chick she wasn't the only fish in the sea. I'd show up with El Mexico with another girl. Oh, God. So Jimmy's like, yeah, good idea. So he goes all out and shows up to the restaurant with none other than Marilyn Monroe. Right. Straight up Marilyn Monroe. They know... Like, actually, no, like, slight changes. Right. No Marilyn Marlowe. Right. Marilyn Monroe. No Mary Lynn Monroe's. Just, yeah, just, like, straight up Marilyn Monroe. And she's just kind of just at his side the entire time. At one point, she's just sitting on his lap. She dedicates a song to him. And Lucy is like, what? Right. He 
what? Lois is like, Ginny, what's happening? <laughs> she's like, well, you know. I, he's like, I know lots of stars. Then runs into Tuesday Weld. She's a famous movie actress of the time. Was that a thing in the 1950s? Name people after days of the week? Because the Adams family was around that time, too. <sighs> I, I'm sure that Wednesday Adams is actually named, like, the inspiration for Wednesday Adams is Tuesday Weld. Yeah, it's it's weird, but yeah, but Tuesday Weld, I forget. She has a famous daughter, but I don't know what that is right now. Okay. So, uh, but Tuesday Weld is saying, you know, I trust Jimmy totally and utterly. She's having him give her fashion advice. Meanwhile, Lois and Lucy are stalking Jimmy. And... I mean, it's a refreshing change from Superman stalking everyone else. Right. So Lu- Lucy's starting to, like, have... Like, she's like, uh-oh, maybe I've screwed him up far too much. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I've pushed pushed myself over the wit, the, uh, over the edge. Yeah. So then, so, and, cause then he's like, I'm gonna, he's like, I got a date. And Jimmy's like, uh, Lucy's like, how about a date? And Jimmy's like, uh-uh, I'm out. So then he, Jimmy then shows up with, uh, Gina Lola Brigida. That's how you pronounce it. And oh, then sure. Gina Lola Brigida and Jimmy meet Bridget Bardot and... Gina Lola Bridget and Bridget Bardot are now fighting over Jimmy. And then Jimmy is like, I will have no part in socializing with either of you if you can't keep your heads. And they're like, no way, Jimmy, come back. And then the next day, once again, Lucy and Lucy and Lois are stalking Jimmy. And they run into Jane Mansfield. And Jimmy Ma- and Jane Mansfield, she was kind of the low-rent Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, she's like a low, like, they. she was not... She was she was basically Marilyn Monroe, but she never got as famous as Marilyn Monroe. And she, I think she was the one who got involved in the Church of Satan and then got her head... Oh, the, the, the thing was that she got into a car accident and supposedly her head was decapitated, but it turned out it wasn't. I think that's right. So anyway, so Jane Mansfield kisses him and L- L- Lucy's just like, ugh, oh my God, this is, ugh. I, I I gotta do something. So Lucy then completely like busts in on Jimmy and is like, I gotta have me a way big slice of that sweet Jimmy uh, Jimmy's jam. Please don't talk like that ever. Again. <laughs> um. So and then Jimmy's like, Sorry, baby, but you uh, Spark's gone. She's like, No, no, don't, no. And then he's like, Oh. Who wants, who wants you to, let's face it, Lucy, you don't compare with my other sweethearts. And then they all show up. And Tuesday Weld, Gina Lola Brigida, Jane Mansfield, Brigitte Bardot. Brigitte Bardot. And uh, what you find out is that... They're part of a lookalike association. Right. They, uh, they're, so they're all these people who look exactly like those celebrities. And that he was going to write a story about them. And he does. And, uh, of course... Uh, Lucy, knowing that she's been had, uh, punches Jimmy in the face and knocks him unconscious. I mean, and then once I get again, that she's mad, but that's a little much. She says, jo- "Now, now, join the lookalike co- club yourself, because to me, you look exactly like Dracula and Frankenstein rolled into one. You, you monster! I don't ever want to see you again." And so, uh, and Jimmy's like, "Great, now I'm back to having no girlfriend." Right, you know, Jimmy, poor Jimmy, just find another person. Right, there are people, you know, there are people in Metropolis who aren't related to your friend and coworkers. <laughs> Perhaps finding one of them. I don't know. Does Lana Lang have a sister kicking around that maybe you could date? 
All right, maybe Lori Lamaris has a has a, another has somebody you can get with, and then we see, wowee, that's for me, Tootsie Roll ice cream bar, Tootsie Roll ice cream bar, best lick on a stick. Now I kind of wish I've had a Tootsie Roll ice cream bar because I have no clue what that would taste like. I have no idea either, Do, but it just, is like melt a bunch of Tootsie Rolls, pour them in a popsicle mold, and that would be a Tootsie Roll ice cream. I bar? really have no idea. I'm going. I I think I might have to look into this. All right, Scam. that then brings us. To our home stretch, in which we have the Frontiers cabin, which is just a big sheet you put over a box. I know. Well, you know, it can be real, but just it's not for a dollar, five for four dollars. Or, are you sure you don't want the girls' playhouse? Yes. You know, maybe the girls' playhouse is really nice for you. I'm sorry, what? Fight me. Oh, I thought you said bite me. (laughs) (laughs) So. No. Oh, thank goodness. Um. So, uh, so yeah, so the Frontier Cabin, it's big enough for two to three kids, and a choking hazard, and a, a, a smothering hazard. Yeah, because it's not real. Right, and, well, it's a big vinyl sheet, so if you put it over your head, you die. you'd suffocate. So then we have uh, 150 Civil War soldiers for $1.49. Be big and strong with multiple fonts. Uh, they, yes, this is uh, George Jowett, and uh, so he makes you a athletic, mighty-muscled, all-male He-Man. I don't, I don't know. And then, if you just know 20 people, you can make $50, more likely 100 to 200 in your spare time. Because everybody needs Christmas cards. No. And if you know 20 people who will never speak to you again, who you don't care if you alienate, uh, you can send a coupon and get some stuff. So, uh, that then brings us to the end of issue number 56. Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, I'd like to thank you all for listening. We are Other Pals Pod on all the social media. Well, all the social media we belong to, which is Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, Other Pals Pod, at Gmail, Other Pals Pod at gmail.com to uh, let us know that you people are out there and that you uh, care. If you could tell one person one of the stories that you've heard here on Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen, that would be lovely. Uh, let's see. What else is there? Support your local roller derby. Support your local roller derby. The L.A. Junior Derby Dolls are back in their own new track. Uh, a bout should be coming soon. Uh, we will let you know, hopefully. Hopefully. Thank you, Spin Doctors, for not suing us. Thank you. Until then, I'm Gary Rowland. I'm Ella Plum Rowland. And together we say Superman. Away! Away!